Hey, sisters. Today, we are going to examine our love walks, and we will actually be doing this in a three-part series coming out of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. There will be some homework in the show notes with a really good practical step for you to take when you find yourself not walking in that love that you would like to with somebody in your life. I pray this teaching blesses you. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hi guys, I am super excited. So I am actually going to be doing a teaching today on love, love from first Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight. I love this chapter. And what, one thing I want to say is this, this love chapter was written to a very broken church at the time. There was a lot of fractions and divides or sexual immorality going on. They were misusing the gifts. They were suing one another. They just were not loving each other the way that we are commanded to love one another. And Paul writes this section and to remind them about love because love with the brethren is where unity will come in and unity and love go hand in hand. And we've been talking about this as we've been going through our Philippians teaching in chapter four, you know, Paul was so concerned that unity was about ready to be breaking, was breaking down between those two women. And he reminds them to get their eyes off each other and back onto Christ. And so that's kind of what we're, you know, Paul's doing here is when we really love one another and the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest commandment. It's the commandment that was left with us, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And so Paul is breaking that down, how to love one another. This love is an agape love. This is the love that is given to us by God. It's the love he gives us that, that we are expected then to give others. This is not necessarily the philo love that, you know, is necessary, the love that we would give to a friend or um, even necessarily our, our spouse is not really what this love is talking about. But though we can use this to really sharpen our love walks, if you will. And so I'm going to give you a really amazing, you know, tip at the end of this is something that you can do to transform your love walk with people. And so let's just kind of go through each one and 
kind of like break each one down a little bit. And then I'll give you um, a really good tip at the end on what you can do to really make this come alive for you. All right. So number one, love suffers long, you know, bearing with each person's worst behavior uh, without retaliation. We are patient. We are, we suffer with somebody. We are what we call long suffering, regardless of the circumstances. You know, we have to remember that God is long suffering with us every day. We need his new mercies. Do we not? Every day I have to rest in the imputation of Jesus Christ. I have to rest in the finished work of the cross because every day is a battle with the the sin that still dwells within me. And so I need God to long suffer with me every day. And this is what's expected for us to do with others. You know, maybe there's somebody in the church, somebody within the uh, your your local circle that just is taking a long time in an area of sanctification, longer than maybe you took, longer than maybe you think they should take. Maybe you think, man, we have showed you the scriptures and, you, you know, we have lived out before you and you are still not getting it. But God calls us to long suffer with one another. Now, of course, we don't wink at each other's sin. We don't just allow sexual immorality to abound or these cancers that come into the ministry. But what he is talking about here is like personality or or characteristics that um, maybe they're just still growing. Maybe they're healing from something still and they're just not quite getting it or they're not quite where where you, where you are or where you think they should be. And so we need to suffer along with them. You know, we each have our own walk, our own uh, sanctification road to walk along. We are all growing at different rates and different paces. But if you are seeing some growth within them, concentrate on the positive, concentrate on the good things and pray into the things that are taking a little bit longer. And if there is something you can do to help them, to teach them through the word, to live out by example, to they may need, and you're able to provide that need, or you know someone who can help them, but long suffer with people, just as God long suffers with you and with, uh, with, with you and me. We need God's patience in our life, and we need to be patient with others as they are on their sanctification road. This is truly love. So number two, love is kind. It says being good to others. Kindness is is making other people happy, thinking of ways to make other people happy. It's fulfilling requests. Like, you know, if someone says, I can really use some help doing this, and we come alongside of them and show kindness by helping them. We assist people when they're in distress. When we're there during times when they are mourning, times when they are stressed out, times when they are going through things, you know, maybe they, maybe there's a single mom who could really use some help cleaning her house, or she could use, you know, maybe there's a, a married couple that could really use a night out, a date night, and you can, you can come alongside of them and, and maybe just babysit for the night. You know, maybe there's an elderly person um, in, in the congregation that could use um, some help around the house, or maybe they could just use some friendship. Um, you know, as you get older, you start to lose friends and family and, you know, and it can get very lonely for an elderly person, or maybe they're just not able to get to church, but they were always a, a part of the body 
typically every church has what we call shut-ins and these are people that can't get to the body. And so it's up to us to show kindness and get to them and lift them up and, and pour into them and love them and pray with them and, and, and show that kindness, you know, God is so kind to us. You guys, we come to him in prayer. We make our requests known to him and he, he assists us while we're in distress. He, he grants us the requests that we, um, bring to him, you know, he, he loves pouring out gifts upon his kids and God is kind. And so we are to be kind to one another. We need to be thinking of, you know, others and how we can be kind to them and generous and, and do active things. You know, as Paul was talking about these, you know, this love portion of scripture, these are active. This is an active love. These are adjectives. So these are, these are not just, I love you in word, but this is, I love you in action. And so really evaluate, are you loving the body of Christ that God has put you with? Are you loving the people, not just the ones that are easy to love, but maybe the ones that are a little harder to love. Maybe the ones that you don't have a lot in common with, if you will, maybe the ones that, you know, they don't fit your social, economical, whatever it is you think is, you know, clicks, whatever, which we are not to have. We should not have clicks in the church. We should not have, um, you know, fractions and divide. We are all equal at the cross. And just because we are maybe in, we come out of different social settings, or maybe we have different economical means, or maybe we've experienced different things in life and we have different types of uh, jobs or education, we should not be dividing on those things. And we should not only be uniting with those that we seem to have commonalities with. We are one body and we need to be one body unified with everyone that's a part of that particular body. Not only locally, your local body, obviously these are the people that you're worshiping with, you're building the kingdom of God with, the people that you're doing life with, but also the universal bride. We are to be united with them. And so in showing them kindness, Number three, it says love does not envy. You know, we're happy to see when our brothers and sisters excel, when they get promoted in their jobs or when they get maybe um, they're, you know, promoted in some way in the church. You know, maybe they have been working really hard and 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 uh, growing in their sanctification and, and holiness and and in the knowledge of the word. And, and so now they're maybe able to be teach and um the children's ministry or the youth ministry, or they've been, you know, given more responsibilities in the food pantry or hospitality or ushers or whatever it is. And we should be so excited for them. Even if it's something that we would really desire and want, but we're not there yet, or maybe we're not being recognized the way that we think we should. It's not about us. It's not about, it's never about us. It's always about Christ and what can further his kingdom. And so we need to not be envious of one another. Don't despise each other's gifts. The word says, don't be jealous that somebody else has a gifting, you know, like sister Mary is just so gifted in hospitality. She's an amazing cook. She, her home is just like picture perfect. And, you know, she just knows how to put on all the parties and everyone just seems to love to go over to, you know, Sister Mary's house because of that. 
you know, don't be jealous of that. Be so grateful that God put Sister Mary in your local body to be the hand, to be the arm, to be the leg, to help the body to excel and to have that gifting. And if it's an area that you want to grow in, then go alongside Sister Mary and learn from her and glean from her, but do not be jealous of her. Don't compare each other to one another. That is foolishness, it says in Corinthians. Those who compare themselves by themselves are fools. Our only, our greatest, not only example, but it is the greatest example, and it's the number one example, is obviously Christ. That's who we're all trying to become more like. We're all trying to be conformed to his glorious image, you know? And so everyone else is just, let's glean from one another and not be envious. Let's, we are, Christians should never be in competition with one another. Churches should not be in competition with other churches to try to, well, we we're in competition. So you can't come here or you can't do this because, you know, whatever reason I see that so much where churches are competing with one and they're not coming together on building the kingdom of God. And we as Christians should not be individually in competition with each other. And you see it, especially, and I hate to say this among women, women can be very um, competitive with each other, with our looks, with our, her statue, with stature, with how we raise our children, with our, you know, being wives, uh, how much knowledge we have, like we can get competitive and we need to really tear down that competitiveness and just build each other up and, and understand that we are all daughters of the King and we are all sisters in, in Christ. And so and we need to come together and really build one another up. And so, and of course we see this with the men too. They can be more in like competition of, well, I'm the pastor and I've got 300 people. Yeah, but I've got 3000 and, but I went to this seminary and got my master's. Yeah, but I went to this seminary and got my, my PhD, you know, We've got to build all that down. It shows it shows immaturity when we are competing with one another. Love does not envy. Let us not envy each other. Number four, love does not parade itself. We do not draw attention to ourselves. It is not about you and it is not about me. We don't desire people to look at us or to see how great we are. We don't want ourselves exalted at all. Matter of fact, pride before a fall. I don't want to be exalted. I don't want to be exalted by you. I don't want to be exalted by a man. I don't want to be exalted by anybody because then that, guess what? I'm going to have to be knocked off that pedestal because God is a jealous God and he is not going to let anything or anyone take his place in their lives. And so often we can sometimes elevate our leaders or elevate people that we think have it all together. And we have to realize very quickly that they are equal at the cross with us and they are on the same sanctification route that we're on. And they were saved by the same savior that we are. And they're battling the same sin that still dwells in them that comes from Adam. And we are truly all equal. And so but we don't want to parade ourselves or build ourselves up. And in the age of social media, I would say this is really, really hard one. Because we're in an age where it's kind of all about us, right? It's it's my personal page. It's my personal social media. It's all about branding, right? Any any coach will tell you or any business coach will tell you, oh, we got to brand you. We got to brand your name. We got to brand your image. You know, you're, you are a brand. And so you have become like your own 
corporation, right? Your own business. And so that can really feed the ego and really feed the pride. And then we have all these people that like all our stuff and comment on our stuff. And how many friends do you have? And are you an influencer? And this stuff just breeds egos and pride. And we have to be really, really careful with this because the only one that we want lifted up as a Christian is Christ and the finished work of the cross in which he did. He is the only one that we want to get all the glory for everything that we do. And sometimes the more that we're out there, the more we have to work at humility. We have to be reminded that, you know, it's not about me, Lord. I thank God for the platform. I thank God that he has has entrusted me or you with the gifts that he's given you and what he has called you to do. But within that comes a great responsibility to remain meek and humble and also make sure that everything we do is lifting his name and not our own. And then I'm going to actually do one more and then I'm going to stop and we're going to have a part two because there's so many to do here. Part. So number five is going to be love is not puffed up. We are not inflated with pride. So it kind of goes with number four, but it says we do not believe or behave like we're better than anybody else. So the parading is like, we're not exalting ourselves. We're not putting it where it's not about us, but then also we are not walking in that pride, and that ego that we just talked about. We don't think we're better than anybody else. And, and if we do, we need to repent and, and, and confess that to the Lord and ask him to tear down that false, uh, belief and false uh, ideology, we recognize that it truly is all about him. We do not operate out of pride with our gifts and callings. We're not lifting ourselves up. Oh, look at me. I'm so-and-so, you know, with our titles, we love our titles, don't we? You know, and I've been doing this for how many years and look at my title and look at all the people I've led to Christ and look at my ministry and look at the books I've written and look at this. That is pride. And that is, it's again, the fact that God saved us. I, I, me and my husband were praying about this this morning. We deserved help. You know, we, we didn't, we were, we were enemies of the cross. We were fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, liars, thieves. Um, you know, we blasphemed God with our lives. We, you know, got drunk. We, uh, you know, lived in pride and ego and vanity and, and, and loved money and all the things, right. Broke all 10 commandments, all of them, you know, and here God comes and so graciously saved me and saved you, took us out of the miry pit. He, he, we had the wrath of God abiding on our head. We were enemies of the cross as Christ died for us. And we deserved eternal separation from him. We had, we deserved it. And yet here's God comes down, humbles himself, puts on a human tent, sheds his own blood for you and for me. What do I have to be puffed up about? And then he saves me. And then he gives me the gift of the Holy spirit. And in these gifts, He has decided what gifts I have for who the body, 
they're not for me. They're not for me to be elevated on. They're not for me to, to uh, make a bunch of money on. They're not for me to live my best life on. They are not for me to become famous because of. Truly, the gifts that he gave me are for you and for your edification. For what? To bring God glory. Glory that he saved you and me and glory that he gave us gifts that we're using in his name and in his honor. It all, it's to glorify him. And so we need to remember that. And so if there's any area of our lives that is puffed up or inflated, or we treat that people like we are better than, or we want worship, or we want admiration, we want people to recognize us. We want people to say, oh yes, they're amazing. Oh yes, their gifts, this, we love hearing that. And trust me, we all fight that especially in social media, this era of social media, we all have to uh, crucify our flesh every day. But we are not to be puffed up. And remember, we are a family. And I'm to think of you greater than myself. You are greater than me. No matter what your gift is versus my gift, there are not greater gifts. They're all beautiful they're all necessary. They're all given by God and they're all for him and about him and by him. And then we all get to share together in these glorious gifts as one body. Amen. All right. So Lord, I just pray that this message blesses the hearer, God, as you start to develop greater love in us, help us to suffer, long suffer with one another. Help us to be kind to each other. Help us not to envy one another. Help us not to parade ourselves around and help us not to be puffed up, Lord, but to be reminded it's all about you. It's all for you. It's by you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours. One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crock pot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.